It's always good to be part of the fellowship here at Global Crossfire Church. I'm so glad that the Lord has made it possible for me to be here. Um, the volume is okay. Um, I'll pick up, so don't worry. Once I pick up, then we try to bring it down so that we don't make too much noise. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to start slow. Uh, let me just get my... Okay. Make sure my system is working. Pastor Benjamin has given the introduction already, so the history of how we know ourselves, so I don't have to go um, over that. Only that he missed that we actually met in the year 1997, two years prior. We finished our secondary in 1999, so uh, just a point of correction for those who are checking on Google. (laughs) I know these days when you go to places to preach, everything you say, people are checking you on Google to make sure that you are accurate. So in case you find us on Facebook or somewhere, then you know the records are straight. Amen. Well, it it gives me great joy to be part of this ministry, like I said, and um, I have a word from the Lord that I want to bring to you, and I bring you greetings from High Priest Chapel, a church where I pastor in London. I'm glad that God has connected our two works together, and we, we work on various fronts, and I praise God for the opportunity to be able to partner with Pastor Ben and then the entire family here. Thank God for his wife. Uh, I can't see her, but praise God. (laughs) And the family. I thank God for Pastor Israel. I met him a few years ago. And then all the other ministers. I see Minister O.K. He's the only name I can remember, so please pardon me. But I see all the ministers over the years, all the people that are serving. God bless you all. All right. As I thought about today and kept praying, there is one word that God, you know, flashed in my, you know, in my spirit, and it is the word family for this church, and I see that you have written, this is faith family, is that what you, okay, faith family, and so I'll need you to understand that it's very, very important to see the family that God is building in this place. This is a family. It's not family as you would think of it. But this is a very, very special and important family for the Lord. And the word that I have in my spirit for you is that you would ensure that you stay with the family. I don't know what is coming, and I don't know where the Lord is taking us as a church, but you need to stay with the family. Look to the person by your side and say, stay with the family. That's right. This is very important, and I thought I would drop that before I get into other things. But I'm looking at the time. I know I have up to 25 minutes exactly. Can you start streaming or playing something? Look at the time. 25 minutes exactly. Just play something so that I can, I can wrap up and we can pray and go. Because I've got a lot to share with you, but I have a few minutes. So I'm trying to, I'll try my best to make sure I, I bring it in and then we can pray. I love to pray before we go. So pardon, uh, pardon me if we get to that part. All right, let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity to share with your people. I bless your name for this congregation. I thank you, Lord, that as we gather, we know that you are here with us. You will do your good works in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to share with you on what I call, it's a new day. It's a new day. Look to somebody by your side and say, it's a new day. And if I were the person, I would ask you, but who doesn't know it's a new day? <laughs> we just came into a Friday. Who doesn't know? But it is a new day. 
in a certain way. And I'll bring it to you in a moment. But I want to also connect a subtitle that I call The Key of Repentance. It's a new day, the key of repentance. Very, very important. Now, every one of us like the idea of newness. I mean, how many of us wouldn't love it if I came around and right now from London, I decided to give you all brand new shoes. I give the ladies nice shoes, the men nice shoes. How many of you would love it if somebody buy you a new cloth? Very new, nice cloth. Yes, pastor love it, so watch it. Those who are raising their hands, watch them and bless them. That's right. So everybody likes the idea of new. I mean, new cars, new environment, new house, you know, new wife. If you're already married, no new wife for you. <laughs> new, new husband, if you are married, again, no new husband for you. We pray that you stay with your spouse to the end. Amen? But new things are great. Everybody like the idea of newness. Newness. So, when you think about a new day, it should excite you. You know, and so, I just want us to think about this idea of newness and what it means to us, particularly in this particular discussion. Now, some people may not like new things, not because they don't appreciate new ideas, but because, you see, new things sometimes are very expensive. It doesn't come cheap to get something new. If you want to buy a new car, you have to be ready to spend a little bit more than you spent on your last old car. Doesn't make sense. If you want anything new, it comes with a certain cost. It comes at a certain price. How many of you realize that before you break into a new day, you first have to endure a night? Dark night. If you don't want to, whether you like it or not, before a new day breaks, every one of us will testify that we went through some night. Whether we slept in the night or not is another discussion. But by all means, whether awake or asleep, you will go through a night before a day breaks. Does it make sense? So, new things are nice. They are great. Everybody loves it. But not everyone appreciates it because it can cost you something before you come to something new. Amen? So, it's very important for us to understand this concept. Now, in the Bible, Paul wrote to the church in Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17, in the NKJV, I read to you, it says this. Therefore, if, the word if is very important here, if you have your Bible, or you can highlight it in your tablet to do so. If anyone is in Christ, another word or phrase, in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So he says to you that if, if, and like I said, if it's important, because if you are not in Christ, then this may not apply to you. But if anyone is in Christ, the Bible says, he is or she is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In this scripture, Paul is talking about new experiences. So when you think about it, I want to ask you a question. How about thinking about, uh, if you like the idea of newness, then how about thinking about something like new uh, or renewed spirit, renewed mind, 
renewed perspective, renewed way of thinking about your spirituality as a Christian. How about that? Paul is saying, if you are in Christ, you are a new creature. Old things are past, new things have started in your life. And so there's a new experience. The new experience can be made possible when a person learns this principle that I call repented life. Amen? This kind of new experience can only be possible or may be possible in your life when you learn the principle of repentance. Newness. Are you with me? Very important. So stay with me for a few minutes and then we'll get to pray. So Paul is saying, there's a new experience happening here if you are in Christ Jesus. But this new experience, in my opinion, comes at a certain cost. And the cost is that you must learn the principle of repentance. Therefore, repentance is a very key word in this sermon or in this discussion. And I want us to think about that word. Because I don't want us to live here thinking pastors preach about newness and then we go to our jobs or our homes and other places and really look for new things in our life which are great and important. But I want you to live here to think more about spiritual renewal. Amen? Where you begin to allow your spirit to be submitted in the hands of God and let God himself renew your spirit and your mind. But we can come to that place when we understand the principle of repentance. Repentance is important. It is necessary for everybody. It is necessary for you as a believer. I want to say a few things about this theme. It's a new day. The key of repentance. Now, Repentance is a key. I need you to see it like that, especially for the purpose of this discussion. See repentance as a key. How many of us have keys to our doors or our homes? Most of us have it. We have keys to our cars, keys to a lot of things in life, keys to safes, keys to cupboards, keys to so many places. Keys are um, important for access, correct? If you have the key for certain locks, you can open the door, enter, and they, you know, it, it's helpful to you. Keys are important. But I also want to say that it is never too late for you to achieve repentance. Never too late. Anybody that is seeking for repentance, it is never too late for you to achieve it or come into repentance. Especially in this life. I emphasize this life because we are living in a space called time. Everybody look to somebody and say time. Every one of us live at the moment in what we call time. One day, everybody will exit this time into another realm called eternity. God lives in eternity. You and I, will live in time. And so, our time on earth will one day come to an end. We will exit this place. Everybody is born by, through them. You come into the world by means of birth, right? When your mom push you out at the labor ward, you take your first breath and you begin to cry. It's called childbearing. You come through the earth by means of birth. But every one of us will go out of this world by means of death. So death will transport you from this system into another realm and you will continue to live on. We are all made to live forever. But on this earth, we will finish. 
Our time here will go away. It will end at a certain point. Everybody will go through that experience. But when we think about it, there is hope because for us believers, it is not the end. We all know that. And I'm going to come to some few points in a minute. But stay with me very closely. This life is bound by time. It is limited. Everyone will exit this place one day. Our life here on earth will come to an end. The Bible says it is appointed unto man and unto women once to die. And after that, there will be judgment. That will also come to pass. It is important to consider repentance now. Now, while we have the time. Because time will finish. Somebody said that, you know, everything about God, and we all know this, when you study about God, you will know it, that everything about God is eternal, like him. His love is eternal. His mercy is eternal. It, and in fact, the Bible says it endures forever. It never finishes. But the problem with us is that our time will finish. So when somebody dies and does not accept or come into contact or get an opportunity to give their lives to Jesus in time, before they pass, please, it is not time to blame God and say, why did God allow this person to die and this thing to happen? God's mercies are ever available for anybody who meets it in time. If you do not get the opportunity to meet that in time, you will die without experiencing God's mercy. It does not mean God's mercy was never available. It was always available and to be available. But you've got to meet or allow God to come into your life in time. Everybody say in time. A new experience. A new life. It's a new day. The key of repentance. So it's important to consider the word repentance because this is your moment. This is your time for it. There is no other good time than now to think about this word Repentance. What is it when we talk about repentance? The Bible gives us some ideas. In fact, the dictionary also gives us some ideas. It says in the dictionary that repentance is the action of repenting, right? Sincere regret or remorse. When you show sincere regret or remorse, that's what the dictionary says. But in the Bible, we have so many examples of how repentance works. So I want to take you to a scripture very quickly in Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 from verse 28 to 29. I read it very quickly. It says, but what do you think? This is Jesus speaking. A man had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered, the son answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted. Other versions will say he repented it and went. Jesus went on and said, then he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I will go, sir. But he did not go. Which one, which of the two did the will of the father? Um, they, they said to Jesus, or they said to him, the first one. Jesus said to them, assuredly, I say to you, the tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of, uh, of God before you. So Jesus is saying, it is important to understand that when repentance takes place, it means that somebody has decided to change their way of thinking, their mind. Repentance, I'll leave my note for a second. Repentance is not just regretting. Sometimes we regret because we have been caught in the action. Oh, I missed it. I should have, I should have gone around the other way. The police wouldn't have caught me. 
Especially when you know you are doing bad driving and uh, the police stop you. Oh, I should have used the other lane. And the police wouldn't have got me. Or, you know, I, I, should have, I should have closed my windows so nobody could see us doing what we were doing wrong. Sometimes we regret because we have been caught. But that is not the end of repentance. Because, you see, repentance is more than just feeling remorse or sorry for what has gone on. It is when you change your mind. It is going a different direction from where you were heading before. So in mathematics, we will say that when you repent, you are doing a 180 degrees turn, not a 360. 360 is when you start from the top and you go around and come back to where you were at. But when you do 180, it means that you are heading this direction and you decided because you knew that this place is not good for me, you turn and face the other direction. It's going a different direction from where you were headed before. It is a change of mind, a complete change of perspective. Is somebody with me today? And that is one thing that I am sure by the grace of God, if anybody would understand this principle, then you can begin to say you are living in a true new day, spiritually. Amen? So it is important for this new day that we are talking about that I believe God is helping us to understand today. A new day is breaking for somebody. But it will break when you understand this principle of repentance. It is changing your mind and your way of thinking. Looking at things differently from what you thought you could be doing. A change of mind, a change of heart. It is a complete turn. That is what we see from scripture. Scripture helps us to understand that when a person says that they are repented, then they have changed their ways completely. That is why it is hard for a lot of people to come into Christ because when they hear things like this, they begin to calculate how much things they have to leave. Sometimes how much things they have to let go so they can come into the grace of God. Repentance is important. But why is it important? Why do I even need repentance? If it is this important, if it's about me changing my ways, why is it important for me to engage in this principle, in this process? Number one, you can write down some things if you want to, to help you. It provides a good way out from sin to righteousness. Anytime you learn to repent or change your mind, your thinking, it leads you, it helps you, it provides an opportunity, a way for you to come into righteousness. Righteousness means having a right stand with God. Thinking right. Doing what is good. It leads to eternal life. Repentance will lead you to eternal life. To stay with God forever and ever and ever. Repentance can do that for you. It is necessary for my salvation. In order for me to experience salvation, to be saved from the punishment of sin, I need to go through repentance. It is important for my salvation. It brings times of refreshing. Everybody say times of refreshing. Anytime you have done wrong and you come to somebody and ask for forgiveness and make peace, on that human level, how do you feel? When you come to make peace with a brother or a sister that you had a contention or some kind of strive with, it releases you. It is like a fresh breath. Correct? So this is what repentance does for you spiritually as well. When you come into God and you repent, it kicks you or it brings you into a place of refreshing. Repentance is necessary for your salvation. It is necessary for a refreshing time in your life. It restores you unto good works. 
Repentance will restore you unto good works. Repentance will also prepare you for the kingdom of God. Because this is not the end of us. We are getting somewhere. And we'll get there in Jesus' name. So, these foundational truths are important. Now, I want to tell you two characters in the Bible. Two stories. Two characters in the Bible who um, reacted or responded to this process of repentance and how they did it. And so that we can also learn from their experience. One did it right, in my opinion. The other one did it a little bit more difficult. And we'll see it very quickly. In the book of Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26 from verse uh, 69. This is the story of Peter. A lot of you will be familiar with this uh, scripture. In fact, let me narrate it so that we don't spend too much time uh, in, in reading. So, in this text, we see that Peter is following after Jesus. Jesus has been caught by the Roman soldiers. His punishment has begun. They kept beating him, spitting on him, doing all kinds of evil against this man. Peter, who used to be a disciple, he was still a disciple, in fact, at that time, but the Bible says he was following very closely. Then a little girl came to him and said, you are one of Jesus' disciples. Peter said, me? I don't know this guy. I'm not part of his disciples. I don't know him. And then he denied the fact that he was part of Jesus' crew. Again, he continued to follow. Another girl came, the girls were very smart. They could pick all the all the disciples of Jesus. Another girl came and said, I know this guy. He was part of them. The Bible says Peter swore. He said, as for this man, I don't, he swore and said, I don't know him. I don't have anything to do with this guy. And then another group of people saw him and said, even your language, the way you are speaking betrays you. You are part of this group. And he began to swear. I don't know this man. Oh, I don't know him. Like the Nigerians who say, I don't know him. Oh. Please take me out of here. I don't know this guy. He swore that we don't know what he swore, but we know that he swore according to the story. He doesn't know him. And then he denied Jesus. But the Bible says something happened because before this incident, he had been telling Jesus, I will be with you in death and in life. You will be my body body. Nobody can come and take you away from What are you talking? Jesus was talking about his death. Peter goes around and said, Master, you have been mistaken. You cannot die. Anybody comes here, we will take them down. We will be with you. I will die. This is Peter talking to Jesus. A few hours before. And then the, 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 the issue began to knock at his door and then he backed off. Very quickly, he backed off. But the Bible says he remembered something that Jesus told him when he was going on about I will be with you. Jesus said, don't worry. Before the cock grows, Three times you would have denied me. And then he remembered that incident and the Bible says he went away regretting and started weeping. He wept. He wept. The Bible doesn't tell us who he was weeping to. All we know is that Peter wept and wept and wept. Regretted the whole situation. I wish I knew the kind of words he was using to pray in this moment. But he was praying and regretting and repenting. The Bible says Now, I know that Peter repented towards God because in the end, we read about Peter becoming the head of the church of Christ. We read about him being used by God to heal the sick. We read about him doing miracles. We read about him doing the work of the Lord. So I know that his repentance was toward God and God used him. 
to his glory. Is somebody with me today? Peter experienced a new day in his life when he adopted the principle of repentance because the same that was afraid, the same that was rejecting Jesus, the same that didn't want to have anything to do with this man said, now kill me like he died because something has shifted in my spiritual position. Amen, somebody. Something has changed in his perspective. He began to see things differently, but it came through the means of genuine repentance. Somebody say repentance. Somebody will have a new day today. Your new day will begin. The people that used to know you in a certain way, in a few months' time, they will look at you and say, what is happening to this brother? What is happening to this sister? Something has shifted spiritually in his life. And I see that breaking over our lives in this place. God is about some serious business with Global Crossfire Church. You have no idea. I, I, I don't know how to articulate what I sense in my spirit. But I know God, I struggle to actually come up with this, you know, I, what do I share with these people? A new day. The key of repentance. And so somebody's spiritual position will shift. Peter was used by God greatly because he shifted his position. Are we at 25 already? Oh, okay. Thank you. The other story, the other story, let me read this one. In Matthew chapter 27, the next chapter. Matthew chapter 27 from verse 8, and um, from verse 1 to 8. The Bible says this. When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful. Everybody say remorseful. He was sorrowful. He felt sorry. He was remorseful. And brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. Saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it. It is your problem, they told him. You handle it, fix it. It's your issue, they told Judas. Look at verse 5. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Hanged himself is my emphasis. He hanged himself trying to fix this thing by himself. He went and committed suicide. Look at verse 6. But the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful to put this into the treasury. We can't keep it, he said, because they are the pieces of blood. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in it. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Hallelujah. The field of blood to this day. So if you look at the two stories, Judas also sinned against the same person like Peter. The same master, the Lord Jesus. But while Peter is seeking for repentance before God, the Bible says Judas also repented. He regretted what he did. He had a change of mind. But he took his repentance towards 
the people. He took his case to the high priest, to men and women, people that knew him. And the Bible says they told him, what you are repenting of is not our business. It is your trouble. Fix it yourself. Deal with it. It's your own problem. They threw him away and could not help him. And so what did he do? He went away trying to help himself. He wanted to find a way and escape from the shame and escape from the sorrow and escape from whatever he was feeling at the time. Judas wanted to just get it all out of himself. He wanted to end it. And the Bible says he went ahead, got a rope and hanged himself and died. He repented, but I need you to see the difference. One repented towards God, the other repented towards men. When you, dig, when you come to man to try to help you out of your sin, out of your situation, man uh, is limited in, it, in his ability to help. Is somebody with me? People can help you up to a, your pastor can help you to a certain point. There is a certain place in God. There is a certain place spiritually. You need to come to that place yourself, convinced that as for this one, I must deal with it with God. Amen? And at that point is when you are beginning to really live a repentant life. Glory to God. So the Bible says, Peter repented, he was forgiven. Judas repented, he could not experience forgiveness because he killed himself. He ended it all. How many of us believe that if he had actually went to God, went to Jesus, did something, maybe, maybe, I don't know how God would have treated it, but maybe he would have found forgiveness. He would have found the grace of God. He would have found the mercy of God. He would have encountered the mercy of God like Peter did. Sometimes I ask myself, when I read these scriptures and I, and I compare it to, I ask myself, what is more difficult to bear for Jesus? What is more difficult to bear for you? The denial or the betrayal? Which one is more tough? Which one was more sinful? That's my question. Which one was more difficult? If you have friends who betrays you, who give you up at a certain point when you thought they could shadow you, they could cover you, they could protect you from certain enemies, from certain things, and all of a sudden they say, huh, this one, I don't know him. I don't know her. Take her away. How would you feel? Is that more difficult to bear than people saying uh, they don't know you? Betrayal or denial? Which one is more difficult? So when I ask myself this question, I'm thinking, God, God is a merciful God. If Judas has gone to God, there would have been some mercy. But he took it on, upon himself to deal with it in his own way. Today, I want to encourage somebody. You may be thinking, listening to me, it is time for me to have some shift of perspective. It is time for me to change my ways. But how do I even get there? How do I even do it? I want to encourage you, bring your repentance into the hands of God. God knows how best to fix your broken spirit than anybody could. God knows how best to fix your broken mind than anybody could. Peter understood that principle. So he went crying. And I believe he cried unto the Lord. And that is why we see him being used by God the way he did. And there was Judas. Judas could not experience the same because he took his case to men. Where are you going to take your case today? I don't know how you are going to come through this, but I am trusting the Lord that you will come through it in the name of Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith. Peter's repentance went to God. 
and he lived because of the way he approached it. Judas went to men and he died. I pray that none of us will die today. I pray that none of us will remain disconnected today. I pray that none of us will remain where we were at an hour ago. Because every day, every minute, every moment is an opportunity to say, Lord, renew my spirit. Renew my heart. Renew my mind. Change my ways. Let me know you more and more. Let me come closer and closer to you. I want to have a deeper relationship with you, Lord. Help me. Help me. So, just think about these two people and let the lesson of their life guide your repentance. Guide your way forward. When you need to come to the Lord. Now, there are other scriptures that we can think about. Somebody like David. David in the book of Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 11. We read a story of David David and uh, Bathsheba. How he sinned against the Lord. He went, took somebody's wife, slept with a wife. The thing came out. He felt very sorry. God saw it. He repented. God forgave him. He went to the temple. He prayed about it. Everything was going on well. But David, one thing you will read in the scripture is that you will never find him repeating the same problem. He wasn't perfect. He was never perfect. But you will never read anywhere else that David went and took somebody's wife, killed the person, and then God saw it again and then he had to repent again. Never again. Did you read that? Have you ever found that, Pastor? Never again. When you read about Jonah, Jonah, the Bible says God told this man, there is a city that is in sin. I love, that peop- I, I love the people of that land. Why don't you go and tell them of my goodness? Let them come into the grace that you are enjoying as my people. Jonah was a very nice man, but he said, as for these people, they are wicked people. Lord, why do you want to even bother yourself? He said, God, I know you. You are too nice. These people are too wicked. Their wickedness and your niceness, they don't match. So if I go and tell them your good news and they accept it, I know you forgive them. And because of that, Jonah said, I'm not going to go, Lord. So he went to a different direction from where God has sent him. Then the story went on. He ended up in the belly of a big fish. Three days, he was in the big fish. The Bible didn't record that he prayed. But after three days, the Bible says he began to pray to God. Ask for mercy. How many of you know that the mercy of God is so wonderful? God's mercy found him in the deeper portions of the ocean. The Bible says it was a big fish. Big fish don't swim on the shallow waters. They are in the deep seas. In the deeper sea, the Bible says, God found and heard the cry of Jonah and descended into that water, commanded the fish to release Jonah to the shores of the city that he was running away from. And there he was able to preach. And the Bible says everybody on the land gave their life to the Lord because of the message that the Lord gave through him. If he had not repented, that thing wouldn't have happened. It happened because Jonah repented. We never read anywhere that Jonah disobeyed the Lord like that again. I can give you so many examples of people that went through repentance, through repentance, and you will never read it in their life again. Why? Because when genuine repentance takes place, it is a complete change of mind that will not allow you to go back where you were before. Amen? You will make mistakes. As a, the Bible says, the righteous, righteous person, you will fall 
Seven times. In other words, righteous people also fall multiple times, countless times. But the difference is that for the righteous man, there is hope. Because the Bible says that righteous man, when they fall, they will rise again. There is something about you when you give your life to Jesus and you decide to live for him. There is something that comes upon you that gives you the enablement to live and live right. Even with all your mistakes, you are still able to pick yourself and move forward. Because one mistake after the other, the Lord will continue to wash you. He will cleanse you. He will purify you. He will bring you into righteousness to the glory of his name. You will not remain the same as you were. You will fall, but you will rise again. And tell yourself, as for this sin, I am not going back there again. It is over. It is finished. That is what we read in the life of these people I'm talking about. Peter never went back to denying Jesus. He never went back. He gave his life to Jesus in the end. He died for him. That is what repentance makes you. Able to live for the Lord. It breaks you into a new day. It breaks you into a new season. It breaks you into a new environment. In fact, you can be living with people who have been with church, in church with you for 10 years, 20 years and their lives may not seem to have progressed spiritually as much but your life, you can look back and say, wow, look how good the Lord has made me. Some of us where we have come from, if we tell you our stories, you will never think we qualify to stand in the pulpit. But the grace of God found us the mercy of God located us. And we were able to live a repented life. The only reason why I'm able to preach this with confidence to you is that the things I used to do, I have decided no more. It's a new day for me. Amen? It is a new day for me. I pray that somebody will encounter a new day in the Lord. A new day by way of repentance. You will come into God like never before. Something new. New day. New environment new mindset, new perspectives. How do you see your spirituality? How do you see this church? How do you see the family of God? Some of us, we have our own ways and a lot of us, we are in our old mindset. I believe God is breaking us into a new mindset. A repentant mindset that says to yourself, I used to think that church is not important but now I've changed my mind. I noticed that it is important for me. I used to think that coming into fellowship doesn't make any any meaning to me. But now I have repented. I used to think that praying for somebody else besides myself is not important. It's not important for me to pray for my brother or my sister. Why do I spend hours praying for somebody when I can pray the same hours for myself? Sorry. When I can pray the same hours for myself. But suddenly, repentance will begin to teach you that it is important to change your mindset. I see some of us coming in with a new mindset. The Bible speaks of David in the book of Psalm, Psalm 51. He prayed and said, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit in me. When he sinned with Bathsheba, he knew that this thing was not him. This is not how God have made him. This is not a direction God needed him to go. So he changed his ways and came into the Lord in a new way. I pray that somebody will have that experience today. There are areas of repentance as we get ready to pray. I want to suggest a few areas to you. We may all be at different levels right now, but I just need you to think about these areas. Your spirituality, your moral development. How well are you doing morally in terms of your thinking? There are so many things that can make you sin and go away from the will of God in a very, very quick moment. But 
when you learn the principle of repentance, you can come back to God today. Sometimes we have to repent even in the way we give. Not only our tithes and our offerings, but even our time to the Lord. Some of us, we could do much more. Much more than where we are right now. But if you allow the principle of repentance to work in your life, then how you give your time, how you give your money, how you give your talent, how you give your ability to the hands of God can be very different. When you see a repentant person doing things to the glory of God, you will see a clear difference from somebody who is not really there yet. Amen? And I pray that the Lord will help us. Some of us need to come into the Lord today in the area of our relationships, our marriages. There are areas where you know I have not been doing well. I've not, if I look at the way my spouse treats me and the way I treat them, I'm not doing well. Something is missing in my life. You have to come to that place. And when that is where you are at, I want to tell you something. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, he says, come unto me. Everybody say, come unto me. He says, all, all, not one person, not two people, but anybody, all who are heavy laden, whether with sin, with problems, with issues, emotional stress, whatever it is, Jesus says, come to me and I, I will give you rest. That is the promise of the master to us. Peter found that way before and he knew that if he could if he could contact Jesus in that moment life would never be the same again Judas unfortunately didn't learn that lesson so he died for it you don't have to die where you are at you can do something better amen come to God and he will give you life Peter came to Jesus and he lived in spite of what happened Judas went to man and he died you will not die in the name of Jesus Can you rise to your feet with me today? I don't know which area of new life you want to experience. It could be your moral. It could be emotional. It could be something about your own spiritual formation. It could be how you dedicate yourself into the hands of God and how you deal with the things of God. I just want you to know that there is hope for you. In Christ, there is hope for you. With all eyes closed. I just want us to pray, talk to God about your own life right now. And I want to open the altar. If anybody want to just come forward and say, Lord, I hear you today. I have not been well in these areas of my life. Lord, I come to surrender once again. I come to experience a newness, a renewed life. Some of us, it has to do with our mindset. Having a change of mind, a change of heart. You have been thinking one way and it has been hurting you. It's not been well with you. It's been difficult. The Lord is given an opportunity today. You can have a repentance that will lead you in a brand new life. You can come with me. Come forward. If you, can, if you want to come, it's fine. Just come and I'll touch and pray with you. Because God is doing something new. It could be about your relationship. You look at yourself. I've not been well. It could be between you and your friends. And your friends. It's not been well. Every day fights and trouble. You can't seem to find peace within yourself and with people. It has been tough. But it's a new day for you. It's a new day. It's a new day. By means of repentance, there is a new day. Breaking over your spirit. In the name of Jesus. With all eyes closed. Everybody, please close your eyes. Lift your hands. Hold your hand uh, and pray. And say, Lord, help me. Just pray. Speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Ask him like Peter. Say, Lord, I regret this. Ah, I did not know that this is how it feels like.
to betray you and to deny you in this way. Lord, forgive me. Pray like David prayed and said, Lord, renew my spirit. Don't take away your Holy Spirit from me. Don't let me die. Don't let me go off like this, Lord. Wash me. Purify me. A new mindset. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Yes, let it all go and let the Lord renew you. Those that have known you from before, they will look at you and say, wow, this is a beautiful testimony. This is only God who can do this. Let it be your testimony. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The devil will not continue to intimidate you. You will not live with this mindset that you are not making it. The Lord will give you grace and your life will be his testimony. Let it be. In the name of Jesus. Lord, glorify your name. Thank you, Lord. Renew, renew, renew. Renew, oh God. Renew, oh God. And let there be a new strength in her heart. A new strength in her spirit. It is not easy, Lord, to follow this new path. But I thank you that there is grace enough, grace enough to sustain you. So keep holding and keep pushing. The new day has broken and it will be maintained. It will be established. The Lord will see to it. Father, let it be over my sister. Glorify your name, a new perspective. A new way of thinking. A new way of seeing things. Lord, in any way that she has looked before, that is not well, that is not right. I pray in the name of Jesus that let this new grace come upon her life in a very strong and mighty way. In Jesus' name, let the things that Lord her spirit desires to do, let, that, let it be the things she's able to do to glorify your name. And the things that do not give praise to your name, I pray that you will give her grace. She will walk away from them all without even feeling it. She will walk away from them all and know that she has come into a new light. Let it be. Thank you for my brother. In the name of Jesus, a new empowerment, a new strength, a new grace, he asked. Lord, give him, give him more to do more. In the name of Jesus, I pray that he will not be limited. I pray that he will not be kept in that place anymore. I thank you, Lord, that as he takes these steps of newness, let it be that he walks into a new day. Let a new day break over my brother in the name of Jesus. And I ask for deeper grace to walk that new grace. Let it be over my sister. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. A new, a new open eyes. In the name of Jesus, open the eyes of her understanding that she may know. Know more than she has ever knew, my God, that you are with her. In the name of Jesus, that it is well with her soul. And that the God that have set her on this path will see to it that his glory is done in your life. Keep holding on. Keep pressing on. The Lord is with you and is good to you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Be magnified. Sing it to the glory of the Lord. You are. And there is nothing you can do. Oh, Lord. your grace and new righteousness will be lifted in this house. Your glory will be seen in our lives and we will look forward to praise you 
as we see our lives grow and develop in the things of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Let's welcome our pastor. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Lift up your hands. Let's pray in the service. We pray that the glory... As we have heard the word, may the word grow in us. May we move in the strength of this word than as ever before. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we share the